Welcome to the Unique Garden Show, hosted by Mike Branning, owner of the Unique Garden Center. Join us each week right here as Mike discusses gardening topics and takes your calls and questions. Our call-in number is 366-8471. Now, here's your host, Mike Branning. Good morning, Mariah. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good. Looks like a beautiful day out there. Yes, it is. Today, anyway. It is. Yes, yeah. the sun came out a little earlier, too. Next couple of days, they're talking about things really changing, but... Enjoy the moment. <laughs> yes, exactly. For sure. And also for right now, if you have a garden question, you can call at 760-366-8471. Okay. Okay. Uh, we have a variety of topics today. Ooh. Um, one we'll start off with is, again, this is the bare root season, so a lot of people are planting bare root fruit trees this time of the year. Mm-hmm. And the one thing you rarely find bare root is a pomegranate. You'll find peach, plum, apricot, nectarine, figs, and all those. Uh, but you rarely find pomegranate uh, bare root. And uh, and we've talked about pomegranates in the past. And that's definitely, if you're going to grow some fruit trees, there's a little more work in pomegranates when you go to harvest them because you got to break them open and get all the kernels out of them. So Mm -hmm. it's not just picking it off the tree and eating it. Yeah. But uh, the health benefits of pomegranate are quite extensive. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, as you get older, they start having issues with their knees and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And just one of the many things that pomegranates aid in helping is that uh, basically it kind of lubricates the knee and it, uh, you know, relieves stiffness and gives you a little more mobility in your knees. If you have bad knees over the years, you might, you know, if nothing else, think about it for that. Wow, yeah. But beyond that, they're high in potassium, vitamin C, magnesium. They're rich in antioxidants. They help lower cholesterol. They're high in fiber, good for the bladder and the kidneys. And there's a lot of research being done right now as to them helping to uh, ward off a number of cancers. So they have a lot of, and besides all that stuff there, is uh, they're really good for you. (laughs) And so, you know, a lot of people don't really get into eating the kernels. I mean, when you're a kid, you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But as you get older, that isn't something that you really think about sitting down and having a bunch of pomegranate kernels. But you can put them into a juicer. And when you juice them, you don't want to juice them in a, like, say, a champion juicer where you juice the juice out of it, but you throw away and discard all the fiber material. Mm. So if you put them into a, like a Nutribullet or a Vitamix, mm-hmm. then you just pulverize everything. Mm-hmm. So you still consume the entirety of the fruit in liquid form. Wow. And uh, so you can do it in juice form and still get all the benefits of pomegranate. So that's definitely something that, and they do really well. You know, a lot of trees, like if you get into apples and say, you know, peaches, the, what you can grow here in Yucca won't always do well in 29 or Wonder Valley because you're hotter in those areas. And you have to have uh, X amount of hours of winter chilling hours for certain fruits to set well. They'll grow there, but as far as setting fruit, they need an X amount of number of chilling winter hours. And so, but the pomegranate, whether you live in Morongo Valley to Wonder Valley, they do very well. Hmm. And uh, and and they produce quite heavily, and uh, they're easy to grow. 
So definitely that's something that you want to think about when you're planting your your fruit tree orchard is uh, putting in a pomegranate. And, the pop, you know, if you leave them on too long when the trees are ripening, when the fruit's ripening, mm-hmm. then the birds can get to them. Oh, no. But unlike um, apples and peaches and things like that, where the birds can really play havoc with them, mm-hmm. so long as you pick them when they're ripe because the out the harder outer skin and you get them before the skin splits, then you win, the birds lose, and then you can get them all. And uh, so that's something that you don't have to worry about having to do bird netting or mm. things like that because as long as you get them at the right time, then then you're the winner. <laughs> and they produce, again, they produce very heavily and uh, and they're really healthy for you. So definitely it's worth, you know, thinking about. And if you have grandkids, and you can have them do the shucking. Oh, they'll like that. Sit in front of the TV with mm-hmm. some cartoons on and have them have at it, and <laughs> that'll work. Mm-hmm. So, okay. You know, and then, you know, mice and rats are always a problem Ooh. and uh, throughout the year. And uh, a lot of people will tend to, you know, buy um, poison baits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people don't, think outside the box when they're they're just looking to solve the problem and they're not thinking about what the long-term decision in buying a poison bait can be and sadly you know when you have a lot of strychnine laced uh baits or anticoagulant baits pardon me Mm -hmm. (coughs) then what can happen is whether it be a domesticated animal or a wild animal, if something ends up eating that mouse or that rat, mm. then they can in turn end up dying. Mm-hmm. Whether it be your cat or your dog or the neighbor's cat, or it could be a you know a coyote walking through the yard, or even just off the property, but the rat or mouse ran out there and ended up dying. Yeah. Or it could be you know a bird. Mm-hmm. So definitely you know think twice about. You know, using they really ought to just outlaw these things, in my opinion. Oh. You know, because there's so many other things you can use that don't have those potential side effects of killing other animals. You know, and one, I mean, even though some people don't like to use traps because then they have to take the, the mouse or rat out of the trap. Um, yes. But that's still more huge, even though, but <clears throat> it kills the mouse or the rat right away, so they're not suffering. Whereas they do suffer with poison baits. Um, and if you don't want to use a manual trap, then you can also buy an electric trap. Mm. And that will electrocute them. And that, again, is relatively harmless and, and you know as far as pain goes. And then does, as far as deterrence go, if there's an area, say you have a, a shed or something where the mice or rats always get into, then if you get some cotton balls and use oil of peppermint, and place those around where rats or mice frequent, <clears throat> then that's a natural repellent. Hmm. And a lot of times just using that will keep them out of the area because of the fragrance of the peppermint. Yeah, wow. And then you can also get into uh, more organic-type ways of controlling them, and you can use uh, peanut butter with rolled oats and add a raisin into the ball. You make it into a ball, and that will kill off a mouse or a rat or you can get potato flakes and soak them in a bowl of water 
And then after they get pumped up with the water, then you can take those out and lay them around. And if they consume that, then digestively that will mess them up and they'll die that way. Oh, wow. Wow. A little more pain involved in that. Mm -hmm. Um, But those are just more natural ways of doing things rather than going down the the poison bait route. Mm -hmm. So those are just things to think about. And, uh, and uh, you know, again, you know, mice and rats usually get into things for the most part. Either they like it to make a home or there is something there that is luring them food-wise. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so a lot of times if you just clean up your end and make it to where it's not rodent-friendly, then they won't be around anyway. So there's a lot that you can do on your own to not make it be a situation that they are encouraged to make a home or to feed in an area. If you have, you know, grain for your animals or whatever, mm-hmm. then keep it in a, a, a lid con- uh, enclosed container so they can't get in there. Mm-hmm. And make sure that you don't, you know, sp- spill grain in, in and around the container that lure them there to begin with. So there's a lot of things you can do to prevent them from even coming around. But in the event that they do come around, then these are all things you can do above and beyond using the poison baits. Hmm. So food for thought. Yeah. There's actually a lot of options. Yeah, it is. It is. Definitely so. And then uh, I wanted to – a while back we talked about the plant rosemary. Yes. And almost everybody knows rosemary – because it's a very commonly planted plant in the landscape. Mm-hmm. People use it along. It works really well on slopes to help hold back erosion. And the good thing about it is animals don't chew it. Mm-hmm. So you can plant it knowing that it won't be chewed, oh, wow. uh, which is a huge plus. It's, uh, once established, it's very drought tolerant. So it's a very useful plant in the landscape. Uh, but what people don't realize is that just whether you ingest the herb rosemary or just breathe in the aroma of rosemary uh, has uh, it's, it's rich in antioxidants and anti-inflammatory and it enhances the neurotransmitters in your brain and it clears the, the cobwebs and it'll lift your senses improves your memory, and it offers in both long-term and short-term memory benefits. Uh, so whether you're young or old, especially if you get older and you're beginning to get a little absent-minded and forget about this or that or where you put that, um, instead of maybe buying all these chemically-laden air fresheners that smell good but aren't good to breathe in because uh, of the chemical background of a lot of these air fresheners um, you can get either if you have rosemary in your yard you can take a sprig off and you can bring it into the house and let the aroma of the rosemary fill the air uh, or you could have one laying next to your bedside when you go to bed at night so you're sleeping and automatically breathe in the aroma of the rosemary and again just breathing in the rosemary uh, has the benefit of boosting your memory oh wow and i mean how awesome is that yeah just you know? smelling it. you know and then you can also buy uh, an organic 
um, oil of oregano, mm. and then you, these, as far as being essential oil, mm. and you can put a few drops in water and put it into a you know an uh, air freshener burner. Mm. We have a light, you know, candle-like flame under the the water bowl, oh. and as that's you know heating the water, it'll give off the aroma of the rosemary. Oh, wow. And uh, so there's a lot of things you can do to bring rosemary into your life. Uh, you could take a sprig and throw it in your car, just throw it on the dash, and then, you know, it'll make the car smell like rosemary. And so these are all things you can do, <clears throat> pardon me, to, and in doing so, not only does it smell good, but it also works on clearing the cobwebs and enhancing your memory. Mm. And... uh so it's like, well, who wouldn't do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what age you are, uh, it would be beneficial. And it's something that is readily grown in the majority of homes out here. It's very common in the landscape. And, or you can just, you know, if you don't have any, you can buy some. And again, or if you just buy the um, essential oil of rosemary and do it that way. So there's all these things you can do with rosemary oil. And uh, and then just kind of try it out for yourself and see how it works. Mm. But, uh, you know, with all the proven facts on rosemary, and rosemary has been used for this for hundreds of years. And so it's not something that's been relatively newly discovered. It's been around for a long, long time. It's just not really communicated that well. And yet people will go out and you can buy drugs that help to improve your memory especially, you know, it's kind of targeted for the older generation. And here you may just be one plant away from achieving the same goal, not going down the drug line, and you may already have it in your yard to begin with. Mm. So food for thought. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And on that thought, real quick, I'll send a little reminder. (coughs) 760-366-8. Four seven one is the phone number if you have any questions for gardening. Very good. And it's not really going to be an issue right yet, but with all the rain that we've had, which has been great, but that's going to bring around a lot of weeds and a lot of uh, flowers in the springtime, which is just around the corner. So just in case you do have allergies, which a lot of people do, fortunately I've never been plagued with an allergy. So I know a lot of people that do have them, but I've never been plagued with them. Um, but there are things that you can do to help uh, ward off the allergies of pollen and things like that mm. as they, we get more into the spring season. Yeah. And you can just make notes now. That way um, you'll have those notes down. So that way in when the pollen season does come around, which is around the corner, then there'll be things that you'll know that you can do to help offset you know, those allergy reactions. And one of them <clears throat> is using peppermint tea. Hmm. And that's a natural decongestant. And then you can use lemon balm tea. And that is that eases allergies and headaches. <clears throat> Should have brought some water today. Uh, and then also green tea contains antioxidants that help the body block the reaction to allergies uh, like pollen, dust, animal hair, things like that. So, you know, a lot of times people will have animals in the house and they have allergies 
throughout the year because they have a cat in the house or whatever, and uh, they're not going to get rid of the pet, but they still live with the allergy. So you can think about doing green tea for that because of the antioxidants in the green tea that can help to block those allergies. And so those are things you can write down for the future. And so that way, you know, if you do have an allergy reaction, unfortunately, but a lot of people do, then these are some things you can think about using that would help relieve those symptoms or get rid of them altogether. And it's, it's the natural way of doing things. So that's something to think about. And with that, we're going to go ahead and move on. <clears throat> and again, spring's just around the corner. And uh, we talked about using dormant sprays last week. If you have a, if you have fruit trees, and if you had any kind of issues at all, um, as far as like if you had fire blight or you had peach leaf curl this past year, then you definitely want to use a dormant spray. Uh, if you didn't really have any of those, but say you had insects on your tree last year, then by using a dormant spray, then that'll kill off the overwintering in, insect eggs, and that way you'll start off with a, a clean tree this year. Because when spring rolls around, when the blossoms begin to bud and break, and then you also have the leaf buds begin to break out for the springtime, then that's also when you're going to have insect eggs start hatching and opening because it's springtime and it's their time as well. And so by using a, a, a dormant spray, then that will kill off the insect eggs. Not saying that you won't get insects down the road, but it's not going to be insects that were held over from the fall where they laid eggs on the tree for the spring to break. And that way you can start with the clean spring season. And then once you get into spring, if you get insects, then you can always use other sprays that we'll talk about more during that time of the year. And definitely there are sprays that you can use that are non-chemical in nature. And, uh, and again, that's really the only way to go. Now, you know, sometimes if you get uh, a wood-boring insect, they're hard to eradicate with a topical spray. So you have to go into more of a systemic-type insecticide. Um, and... But if you have to, you have to. But uh, in all other cases, there's always going to be a good organic alternative to go with. And uh, and not only is that better for whether it be an ornamental or something that's edible, but uh, environmentally it's better for the overall environment as well. And uh, so definitely think about rather than just running down to a garden center and buying, you know, a certain chemical that you're used to using because your dad used it when you were a kid growing up mm-hmm. or you see it advertised on tv so you just run down there and buy it um definitely think about going down the organic path because yes. there's one especially called uh dr bronner's peppermint soap <clears throat> and you know peppermint is amazing as far as what it can do i mean here you can use it for allergies for yourself you can use it for a repellent for for mice and rats. Wow, it's yeah. also a good repellent for insects. Mm. And it uh, will either, for peppermint, it will either repel or kill off the majority of any insect out there. And, uh, and yet it's really good for us as being human. 
And uh, so it has a really diverse usage. And as far as the Dr. Bronner's peppermint soap, um, you can dilute some peppermint soap with water, and that'll kill off virtually any it's – a, it's a contact insecticide, so it has a very low residual. And so if you have, say, aphids – aphids are a really big spring insect. Usually as soon as spring breaks and the leaves begin to break out and they're young and they're tender, whether it be a fruit tree or a rose bush, you get aphids automatically. Oleanders, you get aphids. Oh, gosh. And um, – and they're easy, you know, and they're almost a given that you're going to get them. Um, but at the same time, rather than running out there and buying, you know, liquid seven or malathion, you can use Dr. Bronner's peppermint soap and spray them, and then it's all over. Wow. And then by doing that at the same wow. time, you know, you're not killing off the ladybugs and the praying mantis yeah. and other insects that feed on the aphids. Mm-hmm. So you're not killing them off, wow. uh, but you are getting rid of the aphids, which you're you know, sucking the the juices out of the leaf of that plant. And, uh, and again, aphids aren't going to kill the plant, but they can, you know, deform the growth. So as, as that leaf further develops, instead of being a nice normal leaf, it'll be kind of crinkly and wrinkled because the aphids will suck the juice out of the leaf and then they'll kind of deform the way that leaf develops as it continues to grow. And uh, so aphids aren't the end of the world when it comes to killing the plant, mm. but they are a nuisance. A and, nuisance. And, you know, people see aphids and automatically it's a bug, get rid of it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's kind of the mentality of most people. Yeah. And uh, so they're, by using the Dr. Bronner's peppermint soap, then you can still achieve that and not kill off other beneficial insects, including the honeybee. Um and at the same time, it's a good soap for in the house for if you take a bath or anything. It's a good body soap. And so you don't have to go out and buy body soap and insecticides. You can just buy one thing. It's good for everything. Hmm. So these are all things that you learn on the show that most people wouldn't know otherwise. <laughs> no. no, and, uh, and, so. and you can find it almost anywhere. Any health food store carries it. You can get it at Trader Joe's. You can get it at Costco. <clears throat> so it's a pretty broad variety. And now like, Dr. Bronner's soap will come in almond and lavender and also peppermint. And as far as when it comes to insects, then definitely the peppermint is the one to go with. Uh, the other two varieties are good for body soaps, and you can pick and choose what you want. And um, But peppermint is the one you want to use for uh, outside insect control. So you can make those in your notes for the springtime. Again, it's not this time of the year, but um, we're going to have a really good spring, I predict, because of the amount of weather that we've had as far as good, wet weather. We've had some cold weather, and uh, so once springtime rolls around, as everybody knows, the weeds are already growing um, a lot more than they normally grow because of the amount of waters. We have warm water, or we have you know, the, the rains, and then we have a few days of nice warm weather, and then here come the weeds, and get ready for that hula ho. <laughs> oh, wow. It's coming up. It is. Yes, and hey, we have a caller. His name is Jim. Hello, Jim. You're on air with Mike. Well, hello. Hello, Jim. Hello, Jim. Uh, hi. Hi. I, this is a question for landscapers or landscaping. 
And uh, the question is, if a landscaper is short of manpower, is it all right to bring in uh, friends who can be supervised to help with that? Uh, that could be that could work out. Yes. So yeah, it's been a. Okay. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're in the landscape field or any business across the board, <clears throat> there appears to be a shortage of help, and I never quite understood that um, because you think that the workforce would be, you know, pretty plentiful out there, but, it's, uh, but it isn't. So it's, it can be difficult to find workers, and then sometimes you find guys that, that uh, come on board, but they don't have a good work ethic. And I, you know, that that's always been from back when I started working for myself thirty odd years ago. You would find guys that didn't have a good work ethic, but you found more guys that did. Uh, and I think what's happening now, <clears throat> not to date myself, but uh, you know, a lot of the younger people spend so much time on their iPads and computers and cell phones that they don't get out there as a young kid and do yard work and things like that. <clears throat> and uh, so when they get out there and they get on a job, <clears throat> they don't have the the background of being a physical worker, and uh, they either get tired real easy, or I know I'll have guys that are on the job, and, and they'll be hula hooing with one hand with a cell phone in the other. And I go, no, this isn't going to work. You got to put the cell phone down. <laughs> you know, when you're on break, you want to talk on your phone, far out. You know, lunchtime, do what you want. But when you're working, the cell phone stays in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And uh, But people have so, become so married to their cell phones that uh, they automatically just, if it rings or whatever vibrates or whatever, they grab that phone no matter what they're doing. <clears throat> and they could be in the middle of working, and they still grab that phone. And uh, and so, you know, it's really cut into the ability of the younger person to get out there and be a good physical worker because they don't have the background in doing that kind of work. And, um, and that can kind of plague future employers trying to find, you know, a young, sturdy, strong guy but doesn't have the work ethic. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it, it can be difficult, but yeah, a lot of times people will know somebody or they have a friend or somebody that, you know, can get out there and get in there and get it done. And that can always help out. You bet. Okay. Well, you, you know who I am, right? <clears throat> I do. Yes. I know your voice. <laughs> okay. So I look forward to seeing you, Mike. Okay. Very good, Jim. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye now. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I had one guy here. Oh, it's about time to leave, I it guess. It is, it's yes. It's about 9 o'clock, right? I've been just talking my head off here. Not realizing <laughs> what time stuff. it is. It's good stuff. So, okay. Well, have a good weekend. Thank you. All right, you bye too. now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Unique Garden Show, hosted by Mike Branding of Unique Garden Center. Join us again next week at the same time, 8.30 to 9 a.m. with your questions and calls, right here on Z1077. For more information, call Mike at 365-1511.